Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better ahead of the weekend's action. I am joined as always by Tony Calvin, Dan Barber and Kevin Blake to look through all the ITB races on Friday and Saturday. So you're in for a treat. It's locking today down at Newbury, but good action at York as well, of course, to cover and a bit of Newmarket too. So loads to get stuck into. I'm still on my jolly holidays in Cornwall. I'm having a great time. And check this out, right? I'm on holiday with, uh, you know, typically a racing mainly gang. And one of said gang said to me, oh, which podcast are you going off to record when I had to leave lunch early, which was a negative. And I said, oh, racing only better. And she, she said, who do you do that with? I said, oh, Tony Calvin, Dan Barber, Barry Orr oversees it, and Kevin Blake. And she said, without hesitation, oh, Kevin Blake is gorgeous. I love Kevin Blake. He's so good looking. So I said, oh, I think you've got the wrong person. And she said, no, definitely not. And she got her phone out and she got all these pictures of Kevin Blake. She's just a massive Kevin Blake fan. So how about that? It sounds like a good judge to me, Vanessa. Does she tip horses as well? <laughs> yeah, she's a good judge, all right. She's a good judge, so yeah. Do you have a Braille menu? <laughs> yeah, well, what's rare is, is wonderful. There you go. I thought you'd like a little compliment to start the day, Kev. How are you? Yeah, we could all, we could all do it those minutes. So I pour our self esteem and tatters. Twenty years, <laughs> yeah, Other, otherwise, otherwise fine. Yeah, confidence rock bottom. How's your confidence, Dan Barber? Um, not so good after that. Further, oh. down, further down the pecking order than Blakey. I'll finishing seconds. Not bad though. Well, well to find I, yourself in Jesus. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, the conversation ended quite abruptly at that point as we got distracted by something else. Uh, TC. The weather down here is absolutely glorious. Not a drop of rain all week. Very hot sunshine. What is happening around the country? I want weather updates from York, Newbury and Newmarket, please. Uh, right, do this at the top of my head. Uh, York, probably going to water tonight. Good, good to firm in places. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like they're going to water a bit tonight. They were due about five mil on Friday, strokes uh, from Friday, but that's disappeared. So I think they're going to water. So it's going to be on the far side of good still. Uh, very similar to Newbury as well. Newbury were due about five mil on Friday. That's completely disappeared. Uh, it's good ground there. I think it might even be on the far side of good if they don't water. Newmarket's good to soft. A little bit of rain around there, but it seems to be pretty dry. And so I imagine it'd be good ground at uh, Newmarket. Lovely. Weather update done and dusted. Uh, let's kick straight off, Kevin. I'm going to come to you. We'll start on Friday at York with the 150, which is the Marygate Philly stakes for the fast five furlong two-year-olds. And we've got Clash of the Winners at the top of the market, Persian Dreamer at 11 to 8, Got to Lover Grey at 3 to 1, both winners and both for trainers who have two runners in here. Because Carl Burke also has Dorothy Lawrence at 11 to 2, and Dominic French Davies also has Treasure Storm at a big price at 12 to 1 for the ammo operation always a tricky race but it's over to you sir kev take it away please yeah persian dreamer is going to win this um there we really, go. really really strong on the clock at newmarket first time um puts her well clear of all these um for all that you know clearly a bunch of them have, have scope to improve now but they'll do well to improve past her 
um, look, price reflects, but look, we've been talking about um, the ammo operation and the way they deal, um, you know, for much of this season. Like, look, they're just, they're super, super sharp. This is, it's about the first half of the season for them. And what this filly did first time suggests that she was a, you know, proper Queen Mary filly. So I'm hoping that she'll go and put an ex- exclamation mark on um, on that notion here by going and winning well. Okay. Nod to the favourite, Kevin Blake. TC, your Marygate selection, please. Um, I've had a little bit on Tierney. Uh, Sportsbook, a top prize, 25 to 1. Um, Oshie Murphy gave uh, gave, it, uh, gave her a very quiet ride in the Lillies Agnes last week. I mean, um, doesn't have that much to find on the bear form, actually. I think it was a decent time, that race, as well. So 25 to 1 against, I think, a very underpriced favourite uh, in Persian Dreamer at 6 to 4, 11 to 8. Uh, the thing about the ammo racing horses is I, I keep on saying it. Um, they're revved first time up and sometimes they don't kick on as expected. So it's quite a deep field as well. But I thought Tierney was was a bit too big. I haven't had a big bet, but I just had a small each way bet, 25 to 1. OK, bigger price selection then for the Marigate. Let's roll on to the 225 at York. It's the listed stakes for the Phillies over the mile. And Silver Lady is your 11 to 5 favourite currently. The Charlie Appleby here. William Buick, obviously, in the saddle. I see the Stars Philly off the back of the debut win. Queen for you, 3 to 1. Same rules apply for her. This time a Kingman Philly for the... John and Thady Goldston operation. Juliet Sierra in there at six to one with more experience. Stormy C, 15 to two for Sir Michael Stout. Those are the top few in the betting. What level of race, Kev, are the, I mean, what's, do you think this is a deep enough field with these fillies? Obviously, so many unknowns. That goes without saying. But how good a race is this? Do you think we've got a nice one in here? I think we do. I think we do. Um, could have a couple of the nice ones in here. Um, this is where we come to find out. But um, I think there's one that, that's like notably overpriced. Um, Sounds of Heaven. Jessica Harrington comes over here. Um, double figure price. Can't quite believe it. Um, really promising filly this. Um, she that made a lovely debut at Goran. Um, Goran's a tricky track for newcomers. You know, shaped with loads of promise. Went up to Leopardstown. And beat Boogie Woogie, who's now, you know, rated 100 plus, um, and beat her well. Lovely way of going. Like it's all there. The pedigree is there. She's out of, she's by Kingman. She's out of a full sister to um, Hydrangea. And like it's just a big page, you know, the price tag was there. Why is she 10 or 12 to 1? I think her form and titles are to be half that price, to be brutally honest. Um, and Jessica wouldn't be sending her over there for, for tea and biscuits if she wasn't ready to do herself justice. So, um, yeah, clear selection there. Sounds of heaven. Sounds of heaven, 10 to 1 currently on the sports book, right? Surprise little pick there from Kev. Uh, on, on we go to the three o'clock. Gorgeous, Kev. Maybe we should call you that for the rest of the pod just to boost your self esteem. Yeah, can't be, ni- can't, can't be an ironic nickname, can you? Well, that's like <laughs> everyone on Sky Sports Racing calls me Lady B. And I know it's very ironic. And they throw out <laughs> to me like that. And I'm like, oh, no. DC calls um, me lofty in a similar vein. <laughs> <laughs> um, three o'clock at York. We better bring you in here, Dan. 
um, being quiet so far. This is a one mile, two and a half furlong handicap. It's a class two. And Nobel is your seven to two favorite currently. ET, five to one. Spirit Dancer, five to one. Those are your top three in the betting, as you would expect. Very competitive. The horse at the top is an unknown with different kit, essentially coming in here for the Andrew Balding operation. But something tells me Dan's going to have a bigger price horse in this away from the favourite. Uh, yeah, it's funny race this because you've got a blend of like the really established where you, you know where you stand with them. Moctasar probably being top of that list. But a horse who Moctasar finished behind when they met last season was Aramek. And basically you've got two horses that are very similar profiles, off layoffs, leading stables. Nobel's had a wind up after not running his race in his final start. Aramakes just missed what, 18 months or so, a bit, bit more than that, actually. September 2021, he was last seen. Um, but I liked the cut of his jib as a three-year-old. He went the right way, run to run. He finished off 94, going off favourite for one of those good races at, at Newbury. Interesting handicap, full of lightly raced improvers. Um and the fact he wasn't seen again suggests to me that that wasn't him getting beaten on merit, that something might have happened subsequently. And obviously something has happened, whether it was then or later. But I thought the handicapper had given him a bit of, chance, of a chance off 92. I'd rather the stable. He loves having winners at York, we know, but he's not really having as many winners as you might hope anywhere at the minute. Um, yeah. And he he admitted that on Lucky's pod I was listening to the other day, where he was saying oh, some of the the lower end ones aren't firing as he might have wanted, but it's a big weekend for him, as we know, with locking the um, big locking runners, etc. So I'm because he's twice the price of Nobel. I'm I'm taking a win only view on Haggis's Aramake, which I think is a pronunciation, but forgive me if I'm incorrect. I'd have rolled with that too. Currently thirteen to two in the market. Uh, Tony, this is one of the races that you have a strong enough you on is it in agreement with dan or against him surely against him yeah um i've <laughs> i've had a little bit on diderot um top prize 16s with a sports book uh they're going four places just because um he could well be very well handicapped now he's rated 99 on the weather after winning on good friday at lingfield but he's racing off 92 here but I mean, the problem is he's he's shown nothing in literally nothing in three starts on turf, but he is improving on the all weather. He is well handicapped on that on on what we know, uh, and if he can do it on turf, then like I said, he, he could well go close to winning. And sixteens with a sports books top price around and twenties plus on the exchange. I've had a little bit on the exchange win only. My main bet is Massa Kayla, uh, stable mate of the favourite, first time in a handicap. Uh, dropped to a mark of 102 after um, a group race um, no-show first time up. But the angle here is, he's like you said, he's he's rated 102 now, so he just scrapes into this 0 to 100. Derby fourth, got loads of group race form that suggests a mark of 102 is is very, very workable. He's got good course form. He was fourth in the Strenzel, group three Strenzel stakes at York last season. Um, and the key to him could well be the fast uh, the fast ground loves it. Um, like I said, the first time in the handicap, and there's not a lot of pace in here. Um, and he likes to all these best performances gone from the front. There's two other possible pace angles against him, but if he gets out on the lead on this quick ground round here, he could be hard to peg back. So uh, yeah, I'll play two win only Masakela and Didera. 
Okay, on to the 3.35 we go, and this is the Yorkshire Cup over the staying trip, one mile, six furlongs, and it's a clash between Broom and Quickthorn again. Obviously, Broom winning in Maidan. He's 5-2 to two at the top of the market. Quickthorn finished behind him that day, and his joint top favourite, 5-2, to two, same price. Eldar Elderoff, our St. Ledger winner, is 7-2, to two, next best in the market, making his seasonal reappearance. Siskanian there at 4-1 to one for the Charlie Appleby team, also off the back of the Maidan race as well. So rematch here, Kev, but who's going to come out on top? Yeah, super race this. Hard to be very bullish, but um, I thought Siskini was overpriced in the rematch with Broom. Just got nipped by Broom off levels at Maidan and is now three pounds better off. And I, I'm just not 100% convinced that Siskini is at his very best at two miles. Like I think he might be a bit better at, at slightly shorter. Now, the splitting hair is a little bit like he clearly does stay, but... Um, he does seem to have a, a set of tools that might be shown to better effect over slightly shorter. Like he he does travel very well and um and he does have a turn of foot for a stayer and it just he just seems to get a shade stretched. It seemed that way in Saudi last year and it seemed that way at Maidan. He was just nipped, you know, having having looked all over the winner um for, for much of the contest at Maidan. So this course and distance might just be a Goldilocks distance for him. Um, you know, we've seen these horses coming back from, from Maidan have been doing quite well in their returns, um, headlined by Modge in the Guineas. Um, look, tight race, but at these weights over this course and distance, I think Siskini is very interesting. Dan, did you land on the same horse? Or, uh, I mean, obviously, Quickthorn, shorter in the market, finished behind Kev's selection. But given what we know he can do at York, he's going to appreciate this more. He's had that run now. Is this his? I just don't know if I can take that at face value, what he did last year. It was such a freak show. I know uh -huh. he was he was really in the zone, but he won a staying race by 14 lengths. If, if you take that literally, beating Coltrane 14 lengths is the best day we've seen in years, but I don't think the balance of his form supports that. He's probably going to blast off in front. Will he get clear again? It's a possibility. But I had this... I had two earmarked for this race at the five-day stage. One of them isn't running Emily Dickinson, but Elder Elder of his. Um, they're not necessarily prolific these horses that step out of St. Ledger's and head into cup races but I really like his profile I like basically everything he did last season St. Ledger winner who's not had many goes overstaying trips I don't think he ran his race behind Truchel on his final outing he'd had a fairly busy campaign he was asked to go again after winning a classic so I'd be happy to put a line through that and I think he can get back on the up. I'm surprised his profile and the youth and the lack that he's less exposed than everything else and he's younger than everything else, that he isn't shorter in the betting. I thought people might be falling over themselves a bit to get with the youngster and they're not. They're not. Shocker. Uh, 4.10 at York. Last race we're covering from York on the Friday, Kev, and it is this novice's stakes. It's over the mile and up at the top of the market, Catharb is 7-4 to four for William Haggis. Jim Crowley in the saddle and same silks for Mostab Shear at nine to four for John and Thady Gosden with William Buick book for that ride. New business is next best for Andrew Balding, four to one. Same rules apply as the race we were talking about early in terms of plenty of unknowns in here, but there could be a good one. Have you found it for us? Uh, I don't know, but I think uh, new business is overpriced. Um, Katab finished in front of him, obviously, at Newmarket, but... Um, 
I was there in the day now. God, the chat about new business was was huge, and I think they're they're extremely disappointed with him on the day. They may have made too much use of him um, on the day. You know, everything else came from quite a way back, and um, they might just make some adjustments here, and he might be able to belatedly deliver on on what he was expected to do in the Wood Ditton. So, at the type of price he is, you're getting plenty of compensation and. Yeah, I think you, it's. I know it doesn't have a great shape to it as such, but I wouldn't be surprised if you went and won. Okay, new business due to the chat. We love a few whispers on course, Kev. That's what you bring for us. I like that. Um, on we go. Gorgeous, Kev. Sorry, I keep getting your name wrong. <laughs> uh, we're just doing the one race from Newbury on Friday, and that is the 205. Um TC, should we come to you for this first? I think this was one of your races. Whilst I get it up, it was, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, you were looking, you were looking pensive there. Must no. the is six to one. You've got a full field here. Time in interval at eight to one. Sun King in there at nines. Tuxedo Junction at eight. Wind your neck in nines. Fast steps elevens. Um, as I said, plenty of runners in here. Wide open handicap, as you would expect. And over the 10 furlongs, TC, surely you've got a big price swing for us here. Yeah, before we do that, just a couple of lines on the two races you've just covered. I think, I don't know whether we mentioned quick forms. Gitby will be gifted an easy lead there if he wants it in the Yorkshire Cup. And obviously, uh, the, the shape of that race, the, the novice race, is going to change dramatically, obviously, if uh, the betting shape of it. If passenger goes very close or wins the uh, the Dante this afternoon, so uh, just a couple of things to bear in mind there. Uh, in the Toro Five at Newbury, uh, I've had two bets um, at very big prices. Um, I put up Sweet Reward. We're doing this on Thursday afternoon. I put up Sweet Reward this morning, thirty uh, threes across the board and forties in the place. She's now into uh, he's now into sixteens. Uh, the thirty freeze across the board was just bang wrong. Um, he's down to a mark of seventy eight. He's a course winner. He's going to be on better ground, and so I'd I'd happily rule out his run on testing ground behind Mustadid at uh, here and um, behind Time Interval in bottomless ground at Goodwood. So I thought Sweet Reward was was very overpriced uh, uh, there. The sixteens is probably. Around about his price, but I think you'll get twenty to one plus uh, win only on the exchange. And the other one was um, first officer. Now he actually went off the hundred to thirty favourite in the Mustardies race, uh, which could be key here because the first three come out and run in here. They're all they're all towards the top of the market, and I do feel Mustardies is the one to beat. And I don't think six to one's a bad price because even though he's got up six pounds for that, I thought and he won narrowly. I thought he won with lows in hand, but. First of us is interesting because he's come down to a mark of 83. Um, clearly, they must think a lot more of him because he started favourite on his last two starts and just ran very appallingly. But interestingly, they put the first-time blinkers on. Uh, now, the stable haven't got a great record with first-time blinkers. I think they're free from 34 in the last 10 years or so. But what's interesting, the pedigree of first officer suggests he may really be suited by them. The dam was tried in blinkers. Uh, he's got two siblings, one one in cheap pieces and another one in blinkers. So given the falling handicap, Mark, given he's been so well supported, I'm wondering whether the headgear will, will spark him back to form. And he's around about 16, 20 to one chance. Uh, you get extra places if you want to back him each way with the sports book. So, yeah, first officer uh, for me 
and um, more keen on sweet reward. Okay, more keen on sweet reward, right? So two bets in there. And Dan, over to you for that race at Newbury. Yeah, I'm going for a club not as big a price as those two. I thought the Whipmaster was potentially big. Big improver last season. Um, racked up a sequence of successes. Then he ran into the classic Wanda Montalban when the winning run came to an end at Ascot. But that would have been a stronger race than this. And because they ran him when he'd possibly gone over the top a few times after that, we got uh, a nice fall in the handicap. Um, he didn't win first time out last season under Aidan Keeley, who rode him then. But Aidan Keeley rode him the season before in his reappearance, and he won then. So I don't think fresh is an issue. I think much of it is whether this is the main target. So he'd be smaller stake to the two. But I like the profile of Wind Your Neck in one of those good two-year-olds who lost the plot. He didn't actually beat a rival in three starts at three, but then came back over the wrong trip at Bath over a mile and did some good late work, suggesting very much that he's as good as he was as a two-year-old, where he improved run to run. That 10 furlong nursery new mark is normally a sack of you know what isn't it but it did show that he was a dower stayer at that point and he's now got a galloping 10 furlongs after a spin over a mile on his return and because he had a complete write-off of a season last season he finds himself on a mark in the mid tie 80s now 87 when he looked like uh, he was heading towards a mark of about 100 after his uh, two-year-old season yeah, I, I remember doing a column with ryan about him and i did i think ryan might have rode ryan him. rode him yeah i think he's in the nursery yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think he rode him first time up at uh, last season as well, and he disappointed by him. But yeah, um, yeah, if he comes back to the form, yeah, he's definitely a player there. When you bet fair on racing, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal, like with our racing multiples offer. So if you like to dabble in doubles or flirt with lucky 15s, get extra places on horse racing any day this week. Daily rewards with Betfair. Winner each way market only. Place part of each way bet. Settle at 1.5 odds. Selected UK and Ireland races. TCC supply. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. Right, let's move on to Saturday. And before we do, don't forget, we have an offer for you. Bet 10, get 10 on racing multiples on Saturday with Betfair. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. But please use that offer responsibly and do so by reading the T's and C's, which can be found in the show's description so get stuck into that enjoy it but do it responsibly um before no let's crack on to saturday and we're going to newbury for the 150 and kev we can kick off with the carnarvon stakes over the six furlongs and a fascinating horse at the top here in noble style who's 10 to 11 at the top of the betting for the charlie appleby team obviously last seen trying over the wild trip in at newmarket and now we're dropping back down to sprinting distances. He showed us so much as a two-year-old. Is this going to be his remit this year? Sprints all the way from here now for him? Yeah, I think so. And uh, look, it's not a super strong betting opinion, but I can't wait to see him back over this trip, back on better ground. Um, he's a horse I absolutely loved last season. Like what he did in, in the gym crack was unbelievable, I thought, on a day where the pace was holding up really well. And um, he came from a long way back to to kind of readily get the better of, you know, Marshman, who we've seen as a very good horse, Cold Case, even back in third, well held back in third, has been doing his thing in, in group threes this season. So like, I, I think this is a really good horse and he didn't get the chance to express it over a mile on bad ground at Newmarket. So I think this will be much more his bag. And look, it can give us connections guidance as well, because 
you know, who knows, maybe they'll want to, you know, try a little bit further again after what they see here, you know, you know, would the would they rather go for the group one um over six furlongs? I'd ask if that, that would be what they're trying for here in in essence, I'd say. But yeah, I, I'd be a little bit disappointed if he can't um kick these horses out of the way because I think he's he's a group one horse. Okay, would you concur with those thoughts, Dan? Uh, yeah, I do think he's the best horse, but that's not exactly a nice, gentle reappearance, is it? Running a mile, a trip too far on bottomless ground uh, in a guineas. I just checked his Commonwealth Cup price thinking, oh, I could be a bit smart here and say you'd be better off backing him for the Commonwealth Cup, but he's actually only five to one for that. Wow. If, you, if you push me, I'd possibly say, yeah, I'd rather have half the stake on him to win the Commonwealth Cup. Because if he gets the job done tomorrow at 10 to 11, that might shorten. If he runs well, I don't think he'd double in price or anything. But in short, I'm looking to oppose him because of the quick turnaround after a hard race. And I'm hoping that Desert Cop's blowout on turf at Ascot has been overstated because he's form actually got a real boost that day. The XOE beat of John Ryan's on or where the finals day at Newcastle was second and actually shaped best, I thought, run down late by Cold Case at Ascot. So his form took a boost. He's taken a boost from the runner-up as well. And I didn't think it was as bad as the bare result might make you suggest. What? Why? Why wouldn't he be as good on turf? He's from a family of, you know, it's a it's an unbelievable Jeff Smith family, isn't it? Out of Speed Cup, Lock Song, all those as you dig further back. So for me, there's no reason why he shouldn't be as good on turf. But because he's blown out on it once after a big effort on Finals Day, you're now able to back him at twelve to one, and his profile going in was all positive. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org. Uh, 2.25 at Newbury over the one mile, four furlongs. And we get another great racing on Saturday. Well, it's great racing at Newbury, as you would expect. But I find this a fascinating race. You've got your beer in here at 15 to 8, off the back of a very long break. When we last saw him winning, when we last saw him, he was winning in Group 2 company. And prior to that, he'd been a globe trotter. He'd been putting up good performances in all sorts of different countries. He's your favourite. And then you've got Haskoy next at 7-2, to two, who's the big kind of like unknown, given what they did with her in the St. Ledger last year, throwing her into a classic on just her third run. It's quite an un-Rafe Beckett thing to do. We didn't think we'd see her there. She did go there. She ran an OK race. But what is she? We just haven't got a handle on her yet. She's 7-2. to two. Isra is next best at 11-2. to two. Um, Dan, do you find this as an intriguing contest as I do, first and foremost? But secondly, we managed to find a bed in the race. Yeah, well, I do find it intriguing, but ultimately I think your beer's um, a backable price at 15-8. to eight. I think the only negative is, is that layoff why he's been off since the summertime. But he's a bona fide... Is he a group one and a half horse? Is that fair? Group two Mate, and a half. Yeah, group two and a half, yeah. Yeah, he is a group two and a half horse. Um, Well, whichever direction we go from the two, rounding up or down, he's not quite a (laughs) top-notcher. You're group one and a half, don't you? Yeah, I don't really know what you would say, yeah. 
It's group one winner, isn't it? Yeah, because so. group two and a half, you'd be edging towards group three, wouldn't yeah. you? Anyway, it's it's, it's numerical. Um, semant- numerical I feel semantics. it the other way, but anyway, okay, continue. You can't, um, no, you can't do. If, if you're group two and a half, then you then you three, three, two and three, aren't you? If you're group one and a half, you you oscillate between one and two. <laughs> move, on, move on, move on. Too much time for debate, is it? <laughs> it, it, it? It is in my head. Go well, on. Are you basically? It's actually a one point a group one point two five horse, I think. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing, one thing you say about him, he's like we always, he's yeah. a bit quirky. Race out the back, and then he'll find a surge when he consents to run on. But he's got Kamari, the stable mate, to do the perfect pacemaking role, hasn't he? I think he'll go off in front as he normally does. He's an infrequent winner, but he's got a real purpose to serve. And I just think you, you bears better than these if he's on his game. I just think he'll blow them apart later on. I haven't got a better opinion, but Dan touched upon a good point there. Um, Kamari's uh, got an easy lead here. Uh, if he wants it, um, you know, if he comes back to that Rebels romance form uh, last season, then obviously that one went on to win group t- uh, two group ones. Um, yeah, I'm not going to have a bet, but if he gets a, a little bit bigger than sevens, I might do. Okay, interesting angle. And what about you, Kevin? This race, group one and a half or two and a half? Do you think you'd be one point two five? Um, I thought it could be a day for Kamari possibly for, for the reason Tony mentions there uh-huh. just just tactically I like your beer but I just wonder will this race go for him or not and um, Kamari might just be a bit disrespected by some of the other jockeys now and they, they might just let him go which is what I'm kind of hoping because he's very capable on his day and um, he might just win this by virtue of, of track position rather than uh, full merit. And uh, that would do. <laughs> yeah, one, it can go one or two ways, though, can't it? I think, oh, just mm. run it as a pacemaker, blast off and set up his stalemate. Not when he gets that far clear that nothing gets to him. Mm. We're leaving hope. Um, all right, on to the three o'clock at Newbury on Saturday. And it's the 10 furlong London Gold Cup Heritage Handicap. Again, plenty of runners in here. And plenty of prize money. So a terrific field. Desert Hero on handicap debut is your seven to two favourite for the William Haggis team in the King's Colours uh, off the back of the layoff. This is his seasonal reappearance into a handicap. How good is he? He's got an opening mark of 94 off the back of winning two of his novice races at the back end of last year. Royal Rhyme, next best for Paul Burke, Clifford Lee, four to one, has plenty more experience and race fitness on his side. He's got a hike in the weight since he won. He's gone up 10 pounds since that new market victory. Uh, those are your top two. And Dan, it's just you on this race. And I mean, take it away because there's yeah. so many unknowns in here. Plenty of others on handicap debut, plenty of others stepping up in trip. Where did you land? Well, half of me felt compelled because it's a race that everybody obsesses over, don't they? Because it tends to throw up uh, <laughs> group horses yeah, by its nature. I don't think I could have a strong view. I think it was Kevin TC might have been all, all over Baybridge thinking about it a couple of years ago on his way to being a group one horse. Bertinelli doesn't exactly have the same profile. He's already actually been competitive in group races. But I thought 99 wasn't a bad mark. Outstanding pedigree, higher achiever after three runs perfectly entitled to sharpen up for the return behind a horse who didn't exactly disgrace himself behind Aidan's apparent derby hope apart from August Road and San Antonio at Chester in the week in Alder so he'd have been my uh, starting point but I actually wouldn't mind if Tony telling us what Ryan had said I, I haven't I had a preliminary chat with him about the York meeting on 
Monday or Tuesday, we're out for all the preliminary to go for. I haven't, I haven't spoken to him specifically about Saturday, but I got the impression that it's not a Bay Bridge. I mean, 99 looks fair, doesn't it? But uh, I'm not sure it's thrown in, but I'll, I'd probably be more positive than Ryan at the moment. But like I said, I haven't, he hasn't looked, obviously he's busy today. So we'll, we'll talk tonight about this car, but I didn't get the impression he was overly strong. It might have changed, but uh, the just a big up to the uh, to Sportsbook. The Sportsbook were, they were one of the first up here and they made Royal Ryan four to one. Uh, now it was as big as eights at the same time. And I think one firm went up 12s. I think they might claim a pout there. Uh, the markets come right back to the sportsbook price rule, Ryan. Um, I was looking to get with him, but I think fours, even there's five, there's five sixes around. I think that's pretty much his price. But I thought that was really impressive on Newmarket over a mile two, first time over the trip on his reappearance. But it's quite a deep race and really can see an obvious bet to be perfectly honest with you, even though, you know, sports are playing extra place and, it might be one of those races on Saturday morning or Friday afternoon where you get an even you, you get two extra places. It's that deep, but uh, no, no bet for me at the moment. Right. Yeah, I got you. Got to be scared of the the, um, the Hagasars, haven't you? In, back in the day, if you'd have seen a top new market stable send one up to mm. Red Car or somewhere like that, you, some would view it as a negative. But it actually became a bit of a an angle that they'd use, wouldn't it, to get guarantee a lesser mark yes. than they might have expected. That's a haggis MO, isn't it? You send mm. it to very lowly tracks, like the Leicester and stuff, where the handicap is low to give them a big punchy mark, isn't it? Should we move on to the Locken team? This is yeah. it. Big highlight of Saturday. Group one, of course, over the mile at Newbury and modern games. Bona fide group one horse, I think it's fair to say, at five to two at the top mm. of the market. Is 1.2. Your... <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's, it's tough. 2.2. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the only filly in the field, Laurel for the Jonathan Gosling team, seven to two. Mine for Esprero, nine to two. Uh, Musta Sarbeck in there at seven to one. Jadumi in there at eight. Light Infantry at eight. Check and Challenge, 20s. Chindit, 20s. Triple Time, uh, 33s. Berkshire Shadow, 40s. Jumbie at 50s. Lucille at 50 to one. The Wizard of Eye at 100 to one is your rank outsider. But other than him, this is a classy bunch of horses, as you would expect for this race. It's a proper race. Modern games, five to two, top of the market. Take it away, Tony. Come on. Who wins the lockage? We want the lockage winner. I'm just trying to see if free wins going to pick up. I haven't played in the race, actually, but yeah. Um, I have backed in the lockage. Uh, oh, go on. What was that? Kevin, Kevin's, Kevin's giving us live reaction here. Oh, sure, there's going to be a steward here. That Racing Post TV thing. She's going to win, but there's going to be a steward. Win by half a length. Yeah, she, she's going to be okay, I'd say, but she, she definitely drifted across into the into the challenging one. But there's your art. Yeah, I thought she was, thought she was going to dance in the way she moved into the race. My God. But Never anyway, mind hard this. Come on. Everyone's Back to the day job. Um, yeah, TC, come on. You've had a bet. You've left us hanging. Who I is have, it? Uh, I backed Jumby 66 to 1 at each way this morning. There's still some 66 around. I'm trying to get hold of that, but I can't find anybody with a relevant account. But even so, I will back and tip Jumby 50 to 1 each way with the sports book at uh, four places each way. Um, I thought wow. was, I there's nothing between about five or six of them on ratings, are there? 
Nothing really stood out for me about the prices. But the more I looked at Jumby, the more I thought, yeah, I, I give him a real chance of getting him in the frame. Now, the angle here is twofold. Um, one, this is only his second try at the trip. Um, the, the first time was back as a, a two-year-old at the course behind your beer. And if you go back and look at his win in the Hungerford Stakes over seven furlongs, he absolutely shat in that day and he was pouring it on at the finish. And like I said, he he, he looked for all the world like a horse that wanted a, wanted a mile, wanted an extra furlong. And he gets that here on his favourite ground. On a course, he goes well out. And if you go and have a look at his Abernant run on, on the comeback, six furlongs, he travelled really well into that race. Um, and I thought it was a really promising run. I love the idea of Eve Johnson Horton take looking at this race, thinking, "Yeah, that's a winnable, that's a winnable uh, Group One." And um, yeah, I'm I'm very very keen on his chances. Like I said, I'm I'm going to have a as much as you can do at the prices. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a fair swing uh, each way there because, like I say, nothing particularly scares you. I know I know he's got twelve pounds of fine on official ratings and the like, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think he's obviously he's unexposed over a mile and nothing in there bothers me unduly. There's no bide in there. There's no whatever. No, <laughs> there's no whatever. OK, big price swing. Right over to you, Dan, then for the lock-inch. How are you playing the race? And more importantly, I just want the winner of this. Are we going to drown before check and challenge sort of saves us? Because we feel like we... I think we're in the park arcade cars in the same garage so far as he's concerned, don't we? That we we're determined to believe that he's got a group one caliber performance in, in the way he travels, the way he moves. Every he, time I have Dan, I have to stop, I had to stop myself there introducing him when I ran through the horses there as you know a massive engine, but yet to deliver. Because I just feel like I've been saying yeah. that for what a year now. I know I might it might just be the striking impressions he created early before he went for the guineas that's falsely and unfairly stuck in my head but he's 20s and he's going to get a pace to chase which he definitely didn't get in the Mutasabek race in his return where he just bolted off in front I think tactically this is quite interesting though I'm not saying they're not like Franklin the Guineas headstrong front runners but Chindit tends to get ridden that way nowadays Jujumi's one obviously Mutasabek's one that's how they've chosen to ride him nowadays and it works bigger field than normal could yeah. there be a bit of a pace collapse? Yeah, so I've got seven potential forward goers. You've got the likes of the sale as well, who's mm. best going forward. So I, Jum- I've got this all over a pace collapse, yeah. Yeah, Jumby's a come from behind perform. But because of that, I just I think he's Haggis was saying early in the week that my Prospero, it's a bit of a getting to know you because they want to know whether he's a St. James's Palace horse or he's a Prince of Wales's horse. They think he's a Prince of Wales's horse, but if he's going to be fully effective at a mile, it's going to be in a strongly run race on a Galloping straight track, isn't it? So I'd, I'm half tempted to have small stakes on the pair. Check and challenge probably each way. Pick up some pieces and my Prospero win only. Okay, so we've covered three so far in the field. Do you have more to add to our current selection, Kev? Not really. Um, hard mm-hmm. race to be bullish in now, but I was impressed with Muta Sabek. I understand why um, there may be doubts that he could repeat to that, that, that apparent level that he ran to there, but... Um, I, I did like the way he was going at the back end of last season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he backs that up. Um, and I, I just thought he was a reasonable price if you were of a, of a if you wanted to read that optimistically. Um, so if you, I'd go with him, but not bullishly at all now. 
Um, do you get nervous, Tony? Oh no no no! I haven't I haven't, I haven't had a bet anyway, so I was just looking at the replay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I don't I, I don't think they're going to switch it, but there is a, an ongoing Stewart's. We've had an update twenty to twenty to one from twenty five for the arc. I'd wait to see how she comes out of that, but free I think wind, this man. is free. This is free wind, obviously, just in case anyone. Free wind. In. Okay. Uh, just very just very before we move on, Chindit was third to buy even Will World in this race last year. Won the green him here. I've had a saver on him uh, each way at twenties as well. Chindit. Oh, little addition. Great. Okay. All right. Let's move on because we've got a few races to cover from Newmarket 2-3 coming your way on ITV on Saturday. We kick off with the 205 and it's over to you, Dan Barber. This is a handicap over the mile and Akatango is 7-2 joint favourite with Sienna at 7-2 as well. And Akatango for the Harry and Roger Charlton team, Dan are not having a good time of it. I mean, they're hitting the crossbar a little bit more regularly as they did with this horse over at Haydock when he ran into that racing brakes rider mm. who, of course, has been on a sequence roll. But, Jesus, they'd be praying for a winner now, wouldn't they? Yeah, I just uh, read earlier that the final fall of kind is going to be sent to Charlton because he trained. That's a nice touch. I'm tipping a horse here. I think he's most likely to be named after one of your friends in those social circles you mix in. Go on. Do you have anybody who shares the same name as number three on the card? Who? <laughs> You, no, must know honestly, you must know a Chelsea Green. You must know a Chelsea Green. This is Chelsea Green for anyone wondering. I don't know a Chelsea. I don't know a Chelsea. I honestly, hand on heart, do not know a Chelsea. I thought you were talking you guys about. Guys have got me wrong. I thought that you were talking about what they were saying to all the waiter and waitresses at lunch earlier. Just bring <laughs> it. Just bring it. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know which indeed. one that is. It is called Just Bring It. <laughs> well, I've. I thought I thought he was referencing uh, I thought he was referencing number eleven. She's hot, but anyway, we shall move on. Chelsea Green, I do not know any Chelsea's Dan, but make your case anyway, please. Uh, Palmer having a better season this season. Um, blew out on testing ground on final start, but I'm not too alarmed by that. It was end of season. It was bad ground. She's got the um, physique to train on well. Time form described as lengthy and rather furnished, so she could have strengthened up. And the form of that second reads well after the after the win. That has that has worked out really well. The runner, the horse that went in that day has since gone on to finish runner-up in another listed race and finish runner-up as well in a, a group race in France. So nice form boost. 86, I think, looks fairly generous considering when she dead heated in that Sandown maid and she looked destined for sort of pattern class. So I'm with her actually. Mm. Oh, and you, okay. she's your best mate as well. Stop. I, I, I didn't have this race down as one, um, one of mine, but we've had prices in since. And I thought Goldmark was very, very solid. Um, uh, run over course and distance first uh, last time was like I said, very good. He actually hit um, odds on in running there. Well, I think they played him a bit too, who soon? If you're looking for a horse uh, that's going to be a decent each way bit, Goldmark. I mean, Sportsbook are ducking him a bit. Eleven to two, he's eight elsewhere, but I can see where they're coming from trying to get that horse on side. Goldmark each way. Okay, well, we can stick with the UTC and move on to the 240. You know, this is the six furlong handicap, but this is a race that you flagged up an early better. Did I? Let me just call that then. Did you not? Yes. I got that? Yes, I've uh, I've had a little bit on Mutani. At uh, nine to one, uh, the angle here is um, hopefully the be hopefully the battle grand will suit. 
um, and lightly raced. And I, I just went on pedigree, really. I mean, the horse should be a lot. He did get raised two pounds for the Nottingham defeat, but that's only puts him on 85. And if you have a look at his family, uh, he should be a lot, lot better than that. I think he's, uh, uh, I think he's a half brother or full brother to the Commonwealth Cup winner, Ectodar. Uh, and he's got another group two winner in the family, I think Massart. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm slightly better ground than, than Nottingham uh, on the pedigree angle. Yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting. He's a very, very, I've only had a small bet at nine to one each way, but um, I, yeah, I thought there was a little bit of an angle in there. You've moved the markets. I think he's around about eight now on the sports book. So I think bit... the sports have always been eight. So it's a bit uh, of nines. Okay. But eights and nines is, is the general price. All right, then. Um, Dan, it's a competitive little affair, this. He's landed with Bhutani. What about you here? Uh, sticking with the 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 obvious improver amongst them, the way he's, his form figures would tell you that as well, his expert agent. He's had five starts for the yard after he came from Clive Cox. They've just got on a roll on all weather, winning more narrowly each time as he's gone up in the weights, but doing it with, I think, like a really telling turn of foot, which... I think will translate well to this place on quickish ground where they tend not to blast off and something with a turn of pace can can steam past them late on. He's out of a mare who reached a rating of 100. She's produced a load of horses that were rated in the high 80s and 90s. Expert eyes are sire. I've got quite a lot of time for He looks like he's going to be a real influence of speed, doesn't he? He was a horse with a lot of brilliance himself. And I'm going to take the view that switching back to turf again isn't a problem for expert agent and he continue his rise up the ladder. Okay, expert agent it is. Second um, and fifth from that last race of one as well in good style. Kev, are we on with you to the 315 at Newmarket? I've managed to... That's right. My- yes, great, that's fine. Uh, Bursto for Paul and Oliver Cole is in here. I mean, there's seven to one... I'm sorry. Whoa, back this up. Over the seven furlongs is what I'm trying to say. It's the handicap at Newmarket. And like I said, I've just managed to completely delete my notes. Isn't, isn't, isn't the 350 on ITV not the 315? That is correct, oh. yes. Oh, God, I'm scuppered, so. <laughs> so the, three, the 315 isn't on ITV. The 350 is on ITV. That's that's my that's my mistake. I caused that confusion. Well, okay, give, her, give her an extra. Give her an extra. Give her an extra race. Three fifty. Make the case. Well, yeah, I like go power, on. Go I, on. I can't leave power dress go unmentioned. Um, <laughs> tailed off. Tailed off from the guineas, but off a mark of eighty-eight. Um, whether it's now, whether it's Saturday or another day, I, I couldn't leave her go unmentioned now because I do like her a lot. Um, shaped really well on the return at Newmarket. And um, a, a little horse called High Royal finished just behind her that day. He came out and ran second in the in the two thousand guineas. Um, so a mark of eighty eight is attractive, and I think uh, six furlongs back, sorry, seven furlongs back on a sounder surface is going to suit as well. So I have to give her a mention. I, I thought she'd be um, she'd be much closer to Fav than she is. So yeah, apologies, that's my mistake. 
but she won't be seen on high TV. She will instead be seen on racing TV instead. Does that mean nobody has a selection? No, 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 no. Uh, she probably won't oh, be seen on racing TV actually because they've got all seven. They've got all seven meetings on Saturday. So. <laughs> PC. No, I, I think I think five people on racing TV extra might uh, might see her win. I love them. But we, I can't wait to see Wexford myself. I'm sure that'll get a good show on. <laughs> there's, there's four like, racing TV meetings on on Saturday night. On Friday night, sorry. Anyway, um, and, and I have got, I have got, uh, I think it might be my nap, actually, but I'll decide in the next two minutes. I thought Montesib, um Sorry, so just to be clear to listeners, because we have rife confusion here, we've now moved <laughs> back to the ITV racing. We're on to the 350 at Newmarket, yes. which is the seven furlong handicap, and Montesib is currently 11 to 4 at the top yeah. of market. I, I think that's, I was hoping for a little bit bigger, so I might, I wouldn't go overboard about it, but I probably will back the horse at 11 to 4 because. If you go and have a look at the, it, it was actually quite fancied for the um, for the Lincoln before it got really really bad. He was a length one shot there, but he was a lot 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 shorter early doors. Ran no kind of race in the ground, but that's forgivable because it was a it was a total slop. Uh, go back and have a look at the run at Haydock last time. Struggled to get a run. As soon as he got daylight, within another 50, 100 yards, he would have probably won the race. Uh, very unlucky loser. Considering considering how unlucky it was, I was very surprised. And he was only got beaten a couple of lengths, if that. I was very surprised the handicapper left him on the same mark. Um, it's, I'm going to roll out the cliche: winner, winner without a penalty. Uh, yeah, I thought eleven to four was fair. The gatekeeper's going to go from the front, might get an easy lead, but as long as he this horse keeps tabs on him, I think he'll pick him up late. And I think he's a lot, lot better than a 98 rated horse. So Montesib, 11 to 4 in the 350, which apparently is on ITV. There we go. We're back on track, courtesy of TC. Dan, I have no idea now what you had or didn't have a view in because you put down 315. Yeah, I've got on WhatsApp. What did you like in the 315, Dan? Come on. No, no, I didn't, no, no, I didn't realise there was one. I worked through my race card, saw that the 315 wasn't on ITV, then assumed that the 350 mustn't be either. So my bad there, not sufficient prep. Okay, so cut, cut. Right, should we just go straight on to naps then? Uh, TC, I better start with you. Have you decided is Montesib in the 350 at Newmarket your, your nap? Considering I don't care if I nap Jumby and it wins because I'd have won a fortune if it does, I'm going to nap the most likely winner of the day in the races we've covered, Montesib in the 350 at Newmarket. Lovely, lovely. What about you, Kev? What's your nap, please? Tempted by sounds of heaven, but I'm just going to go with um, uh, Persian Dreamer. Um, this this will not be beaten sort of effort, singing the song oh, from God, halfway. Very confident. Okay, excellent. And Dan, who is your nap, please? Last but not least, obviously. I feel like, I feel like a paraphrase talking heads today. I've, I'm talking a lot. I'm not really saying anything. I don't think I'm strong on anything. Um, I'm going to go for Desert Cop, win only, 150 Newbury. Brilliant. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And see it tailed off because it doesn't handle turf. Right. Uh, excellent, boys. I think we started really strongly there, just petered out with a bit of confusion towards the end, but that's fine. You, know, you can't win them all. Um, don't forget, bet 10, get 10, guys. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples on Saturday. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples, but do it responsibly. Gamble responsibly this weekend. Have a good one. Enjoy the good racing and join us again on Monday when we'll be back with the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In Podcast. But for now, it is goodbye. <laughs>